Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Well, it's noon on Thursday, November 4th, and it's news that you can use from YAA. And the most pressing question of the day is, did you wash your hands? I um, um So today we've got an action-packed show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you always wash your hands when you go to the bathroom? Yes! <laughs> you learn something new every day. Um, Pops, I am so excited to be here. Thursday afternoon, we are three days away from me being back in your apartment. I can't wait. Can I spend the night, actually? Uh, I don't know why you have your own. Yeah, it's just like I miss sleeping on your couch. We've got a lot of topics we're going to touch on. Let's go over the topics first. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a few things we're going to touch on. First is that the perfect storm. All right. It's the perfect storm of all the things that could have gone bad in automotive retail. They have gone bad. We're going to break them down. And the changes that we've seen so far, what we anticipate sticking around maybe next year, and what changes are going to stick around for honestly, the foreseeable future. We'll dive into that topic. We're also going to talk about new car sales rates. They've dropped to the lowest they've been all year. We have some data from LMC Automotive. October was the slowest for uh, auto sales all of 2021 and not by a little bit, by a lot. And amidst all that, Dad, Toyota had record-setting profits. It's kind of insane. How did Toyota have record-setting net income when GM what was it, Stellantis? I mean, all of them were having issues, but Toyota managed to, to you know, stay stay uh, profitable. Hmm. Management. <laughs> <laughs> who, who manages YAA? We could probably use some good management. Why don't we start off, Dad, with this perfect storm? This was an article that I actually uh, put together this morning. Did you get a chance to read it? You know, I I I hung on every word. Yes, I read it. Let me toss it in the chat here real quick. There we go. All right. I'm going to share my screen, Dad, and let's break things down. The perfect storm why some new car MSRPs will be 10% higher in 2022. I threw a number out there. But Pops, let's start here. What got us into this situation? And I always love we've got all the photos from the YEA community of empty dealership lots. Well, what got us here is uh, many things, but you know the, the start of what got us here was uh, was the pandemic. So, the start of it was COVID, and COVID scared the hell out of most automobile manufacturers. And they figured, well, if we we're in a shutdown world, uh, that they're not going to a be able to build cars, and b they're not going to be able to sell cars. So. What most of the manufacturers did, if not all of them, is they canceled their semiconductor chip orders um, from the chip manufacturers. And that precipitated the chip manufacturers to go ahead and allocate that uh, production capability to different chips, higher profit, higher margin chips um, for other consumer electronics. Now, all of a sudden, the world reopened. And chip manufacturers said, well, we're just not in a position to be able to manufacture the chips that the auto dealers need or the auto manufacturers need. So they 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 just cut production and haven't been able to get it back up to the speed um, that the 
that the auto manufacturers would like. So you add an automobile shortage to the with the chip shortage, and it creates a situation where the public is forced to pay more for the products that they want to buy because it's, you know, basic economics, supply and demand. Before we get too deep into kind of the impacts that we've seen, I want to try and quantify this for everyone that's been a part of YAA as we've gone through this together. It was from LMC Automotive. It was their um, director of vehicle forecast for the Americas. This came out maybe a week or so ago. 3,000 days of production time has been lost due to all the different things that you were just describing. 3,000 days. Chips, yes. And we know from looking at the numbers, that's nearly 11 million vehicles that have come out of production or projected to come out of production this year. And the other thing, and it's in the chat here, pops from Gary Quoto. Uh, now there's a shortage of magnesium. Yeah, I mean, there's a shortage of magnesium and then also aluminum. We even got some news out of, it was kind of funny, but also scary. We've got news out of, um, uh, where the heck was it? Montana. Yes. I'll pull this up on the screen for everyone that's, that's with us here. In the state of Montana, they have, uh, such an aluminum shortage, they can no longer produce license plates. Like, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, well, you, you could. Um, you know, what? the only thing missing from this was that was that the uh, Montana prison system didn't say, well, we're going to teach we're going to teach inmates, inmates woodworking so we can start producing license plates made from wood. OK, that that would have been. That should have been the headline. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're honestly. We're teaching inmates woodworking. Uh, yeah, you, you really can't make some of this stuff up. You really can't. And so then the impacts that we've seen, and, and we have this back on the article, are obviously there's been you know no inventory on dealer lots. We're in an environment where I was looking at a lot of the numbers this morning, Dad. I was looking at kind of the averages. Let's say you can even find a vehicle at MSRP in this market, a new vehicle at MSRP. I was looking at in our community forum, I was seeing at least, at least $1,500 of add-ons and stuff, accessories, et cetera. We're in this environment where no inventory means paying over MSRP for new cars. And honestly, for used cars, paying over the original MSRP of that used car for a used car. I mean, it is dead. Did you see Hoovy's Garage? He's here on YouTube. He's selling his whole hoopty fleet because it's never been worth more ever. He's selling every single car, all 40 of them. Really? What other indicators do you need that used car prices are at an unattainably high level? It's ridiculous. What's what's Hoovy going to do in the future? I, That's he's, what we need to find out. What's Hoovy going to do in the future? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between between all the supply chain shortages and you know magnesium being a, a major component of aluminum, which is what's going to cause an aluminum shortage. And uh, I don't know how to break it to the world out there, but most engines today are not cast iron engines. They're aluminum block engines, um, and aluminum heads. Uh, you know, there's so much of it in the cars today are, they've switched from high strength steel to aluminum body parts. So, if there truly is this magnesium shortage that's going to be going on, which is going to translate into an aluminum shortage, well, that's another factor that's going to impact the automobile industry. Um, and so, yes, all this bodes poorly for consumers. Um, and it bodes poorly because, A, it's going to limit their choices on new cars. Um, if if the manufacturers have limited 
semiconductor chips and limited availability to aluminum, well, they're going to allocate the aluminum and the chips to their high profit margin vehicles that they can build, which means the average transaction price will only continue to go up because the lower profit margin um, vehicles that also are typically the least expensive will not be the ones that the manufacturers are building. Now, Pops, let's touch on a comment that we've got here in the chat. This is from MPGXSVCD. I think I pronounced that right. All Teslas are sold at MSRP. That is the best car to buy right now. And while I would agree and say, yes, all Teslas are sold at MSRP, one of the big things you need to be aware of, Tesla hikes Model 3 and Model Y prices again. Deliveries slip a few months. This is from just a couple weeks ago over on electric. This is the next thing that we anticipate happening in the short term, in the near term. Manufacturers' suggested retail prices are going up, up, up. And and not by a little bit. Dad, can you speak to maybe in a typical model year change over what an MSRP increase would be? Um, Typically... You know, if if in a model year, if it say you went from like a 2018 to a 2019, you know, maybe there was a hundred dollar price increase or a two hundred dollar price increase in the MSRP, okay, uh, less than a percent. Well, Dodge has already said that the the pricing is going up on their Ram pickup trucks. What is it, five thousand dollars from 2021 to 2022? Okay, that's more than a percent. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) so the size of these increases is going to be staggering moving forward. And as Justice said, yeah, on some of the Tesla models, the MSRP has increased $7,000 since January. Just on the Model 3. Just on the Model 3. Yeah, it's great that you can buy it for MSRP. It really is in today's world. The fact that the MSRP has gone up $7,000 since January indicates that that's at a much higher rate than inflation. And so this is where things, this is where the rubber starts to meet the road, is that cars have traditionally depreciated. Yes. Because they're commodities. You drive yes. them, you use them, they depreciate. How the heck, how much longer can everything appreciate? All of our financial systems tied to autos are tied to them depreciating. Literally, look at the concept of leasing. Leasing doesn't work if the car <laughs> appreciates in value. It doesn't, yeah. it functionally cannot exist if the car appreciates in value. And so what's concerning is how long this is going to last. And what are the ripple effects and ramifications from this that we're not really thinking about? Because eventually, eventually, this just-in-time manufacturing practice and all the supply chain issues, they'll get better. They will. They absolutely will. But while we're on the path to getting there, oh, man, I mean, what impacts could there be that we're not even thinking about? Well, uh, obviously, there there's impacts at a dealership level in that um, – many, many dealerships are operating with fewer personnel, okay, so that there have been cutbacks in personnel. Uh, Dealerships, manufacturers are spending less money to market their vehicles and, and to incentivize the public to buy their vehicles. So it, it, it's not just the automobile industry. If there's, if, if, if there's 50,000 jobs lost in, in, at the dealership level, well, there's 50,000 people that are suddenly not earning the type of income that they had earned in the past, which yeah. just keeps 
the and ripple it's just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Equal, equal parts like the dealership debt. But again, we were talking about yesterday, Avis's stock price. People literally can't buy a car, so they're renting it from Avis. So Avis is making more money and jacking their prices up. Try and get an Uber and a Lyft or a Lyft right now. Same exact situation. It's more expensive. It's just the impacts that we're seeing here because of auto are not limited to just what we see you know, next year, which is essentially MSRPs. Don't be surprised if next model year is 10% higher than it was the prior model year. Well, you know, and, and, and think about um, all the food delivery services that have proliferated uh, since the advent of the pandemic. Uh, I, I have to believe that Uber Eats or, or Grubhub or whatever one it is, DoorDash, all those delivery fees are going to go up. So you're going to see this translate into every aspect of our lives. Um, and, and that's because of, of the perfect storm. The only thing missing from all of this is the fact that you couldn't get George Clooney to talk about the remake. What's going to last forever, Pops? That was a good joke. What do we think is going to be a long-lasting impact from this? And we'll stick with just auto here. We don't even have to look that far. Many of the major automakers have already signaled that they are like that they like their dealers having less inventory. The United States is the only major market where car dealerships have massive lots full of inventory. And many markets, the dealership is simply a showroom with customers placing orders for the vehicles they want. As more and more manufacturers aspire to provide a Tesla-like experience, we would not be surprised to see less inventory on dealers' lots and more factory orders. Factory orders will also become more of the norm. Consumers may go to the dealership for a test drive and experience a new car, but instead of buying it right there on the spot they'll place an order this is a common practice in europe and other major markets however in the u.s it has never caught on that is likely to change and so a lot of what you've learned in the past from us and from others buy a car at the end of the year buy a car at the end of the month uh, things like that our expectation is in the future probably not going to play as big of a role which is incredible because we're experiencing that right now dad and the really sad and demoralizing thing is is we're seeing businesses be really hoggish, piggish, doing things that are really negatively impacting the consumer. And so if we do stay in a place where GM doesn't give as much inventory allocation to their dealerships, will dealerships still be allowed to say, hey, uh, market's tough right now. Um, we're going to charge you an extra $5,000. That to me is really at the crux of this and where I get very concerned about the long term. Well, uh, and I do as well, because you know, the, the reality is, is that the manufacturer suggested retail price is just that. It's a suggested price. Um, it's not, it, it has always been, in reality, a market-based price. And what I mean by that is the price gets adjusted downward or upward depending on market demand. Uh, if there's a lot of inventory and demand is normal demand, then the price, the average transaction price goes down on those vehicles because there's a need for the manufacturer and for the dealers to move those inventory units. If you suddenly have a situation where there are always inventory constraints, then the market can demand more. And so even though a vehicle will have a, a, a manufacturer suggested retail price, the, demo, the, the demand 
will create a market for people to pay more than that. And that's the direction that we're, we're going to continue down that path for quite some time. Um, and I don't know, and we've had these conversations on air. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really ever foresee, uh, the manufacturers providing the same level of inventory in the future that they have in the past. And the example that I always like to use, if a dealership was normally getting a thousand vehicles a month and they had a thousand vehicles on their lot, my suspicion is that the, the new normal will be somewhere between 60 and 75% of what it used to be meaning that they'll have somewhere between 600 to 750 cars on the lot. That creates a different demand structure, um, forcing more people to have to order a car. What, what would be nice is if the manufacturers could figure out with their dealer body how to make, make it more affordable for the everyday person to be able to order a car and not have to pay over MSRP for an ordered car. We've got Barry G in the chat here. If car prices go higher than warranties should be longer. Honestly, one of the really interesting things I've been thinking about more and more is obviously warranty prices, like extended warranties as well. They're going to go up. Everything's going up. So they're going to go up as well. Uh, if you can buy one sooner and lock in the price, that's probably like a really smart thing to do. And so whether the manufacturers extend their OEM uh, uh, new car warranty, or if you buy aftermarket uh, vehicle service contracts or extended warranty, we of course still sell one. I think that honestly is like an even better decision today than it was a couple of years ago, because the prices are everything are just going to keep going up. So you have the contract in place to protect you. And and honestly, I don't, I, I don't see why the manufacturers would suddenly feel compelled to say, let's go from a 336 to a 450. Um, that's not going to happen. Uh, there, there's no need for them to do that. So, Quick question uh, for the I chat. I don't think we're going to see longer warranties. I agree. Quick question for the chat and also for you, Pops. Something I haven't talked to you about, but uh, I love doing this on air. We're looking at being able to sell the YAA extended warranty, but with monthly payments instead of paying it all up front. Would that would let me know in the chat? Is that something that would like influence your decision to get one or not? Of course, you could still cancel at any time and get a prorated refund. But like something we're thinking about on the business side over here, and I'm just curious to get some reaction to it. What do you think, though, Pops? I, I guess traditionally in the dealership, they're just rolled into your loan, so most people buy it as a monthly payment anyway. Yes, and and um, you know, I, I I think most people would prefer to to pay it on a monthly basis as opposed to a one-time uh, shot at it. Um, so, and, and besides, if, if, if you're doing that, you're always paying it back with cheaper dollars. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's switch gears here and, and uh, move in a new direction. It's still kind of a little bit of a somber note, but we got data from our friends over at LMC. LMC is the company that does a lot of the forecasting in automotive. So a lot of the data that you see out there, um, whether it's from KBP or JD Power or even from us, like a lot of the times it's coming from LMC. And so Pops, light vehicle sales fell to their lowest daily average so far this year in October, down 23% year over year. While the annualized selling rate did go back up just a little bit, what what was interesting here, and let's see, do they have the um, 
Fleet sales were down 52%. Retail sales were down 18%. Let's see. The sales outlook came back up just a touch, still considerably down from where we were pre-pandemic in terms of number of vehicles sold. What this uh, highlights and signals to me, Dad, is that the price sensitivity is there. If you start adding enough, enough, enough on top of new vehicle price MSRPs, people will stop buying them. That's what we started to see in October. I, I tend to agree with that, but uh, also um, there were such inventory shortages and constraints from some of your major players, Honda, Toyota, um, you know, where both of those brands had had significantly cut their production by 40% for the month of September and October. So uh, there, there wasn't the availability that there normally would have been that, that could have... Um, translated into more sales had there been more cars available. Remember that the vehicles that they're building are the higher priced, higher margin vehicles for them, which is why the average new car transaction price, I believe in October, uh, finally broke the $45,000 barrier because there's just such a limited supply of of what we would con consider to be inexpensive or entry-level vehicles. Attainable. Yeah, be because that's not where they're allocating the the chips and, and uh, all the other supply chain issues. When, when they do have the materials to build the cars, they're not, they're not directing those materials to those inexpensive vehicles. So I think it's, it's, it's double-edged sword. It's pricing and the fact that we don't have entry-level availability. And then you can see the ramifications of the entry-level availability being removed from the market. Toyota deflects chip shortage to post 48% rise in operating profit. So this is fascinating because Toyota is not the only one who's, I mean, a lot of their vehicles are traditionally at entry-level price points, although not as many as there used to be. But yeah. we saw GM, Ford, and VW, and Stellantis, and everyone else have a hell of excuse me, heck of a hard time making money last quarter. However, Toyota was able to increase their profit by 48% pops. And they said in the article here from Automotive News, soaring, the reason they were able to soar on profits was because of aggressive cost control, beneficial foreign exchange rates. And between the two of those, they were able to increase their annual and full year profit outlooks as well. This was surprising to me. They go on to say in the article, and it comes from some of the, the quarterly reporting from uh, from Toyota executives, that they see an easing chip shortage on the horizon, et cetera, um, and things should be better next year. But that was truly surprising to me to see that they were able to increase profits 48%. GMs were down 40 Yes, but the, the difference is, uh, is in management style. And, and Toyota realized probably quicker than most that you didn't need to spend a lot of money on marketing and, and, uh, and incentives. So they, they dramatically um, reduced their incentive uh, budgets. Um, you know, the average incentive was in the past for most manufacturers was probably somewhere between 3,500 and $4,000 per vehicle sold. And my guess is, that today, that is probably on average closer to fifteen hundred dollars. I so think I have some data here on that. Yep. Yeah, here, so actually, you want to see this, pops? Well, I was going to say. So, if you can, if you can reduce your incentive expenditure by fifty percent, that's going to increase your net profit. 
So we've got here, this was data that we were looking at on yesterday's show, Toyota's average incentive per vehicle, uh, I think this was in the month of September, was $1,463. GM, some of their brands on here, Chevrolet, considerably higher. Jeep, considerably higher. So you can see Ram, look how much Ram was paying per vehicle uh, in incentives still. If you're looking for incentives, just if you're someone who kind of wants the feeling of a good deal, here you go. Go to Ram. That's how, yes. that's where it is. But Toyota, yeah, you're right. They completely cut back on their incentives. Do you think we're going to see a, a Lexus uh, December to Remember sales event? I can't imagine we're seeing anything. Well, I, I, I my, my suspicion is that you'll probably still see something as far as a Lexus December to Remember event. Um, but it might not be tied so much to incentives as it has been in the past. I think if they do anything, it'll be more thematic than uh, than incentive based. So, but but yeah, the the big players, the 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 ones with really smart and aggressive management teams, caught caught onto this early on and and made adjustments in their marketing uh, budgets so that they. So even though they're selling less cars and building less cars, they can make more money through aggressive uh, uh, channels of, of reduction. Talk about smart and aggressive management teams. I'm scrolling back up in the chat, Pops. Would like monthly payments for warranty. Monthly payments are always an easier sell. Definitely a good idea. Absolutely. Apple does it. Uh, I pay monthly because it goes longer than the Apple Care 2 years. Sounds like we're going to figure out how we can sell the YAA extended warranty um, monthly. Yeah, makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Yes, yes. I think it does. CJ Payne in the chat here. Ford ad says, come in while the deals last. And the deals are, we will finance you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come in while the deal. We have no deals, but come in while the deals last. Yes. Do you have a pulse? Can you fog a mirror? We'll approve you for a loan. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy what Ford's been up to. All right, Pops, that actually leads me to something that I wanted to queue up for us here. Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding, kidding me. So let's talk about Ford. Okay. <laughs> Business is booming. Profits for Ford were down, what was it, 18%, 14%? Yeah, 24%. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it just round down, Dad. Round down. Yeah. So what's Ford working on? They're working on a quarter of a million dollar Ford Bronco. That's what they're working on. And Pops, when you think what the world needs right now, yeah, I you know is really doesn't the world need a, a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar limited edition Bronco Desert Racer? Because I mean, my God, there must be thousands of people out there who who want to say, "Hey, let's go race in the desert." All right, here's the deal, though. So Ford's making fifty of these. Okay, you already know, just like any new car you purchase nowadays, the moment you buy it, it's going to be worth more. Ford Motor Co. is putting a V8 engine in a production Bronco, but is only go that, it, but it's going to cost more than any vehicle except their GT supercar. The automaker late Monday unveiled the Bronco Desert Racer, a desert racer based off the four-door Bronco and meant uh, for extreme off-roading at SEMA out in Las Vegas. Ford intends to run a prototype of the vehicle at the 2022 Score Baja 1000 late next year, but said it will put a small number for sale for the 2023 model year. Only 50 units will be built initially by Canada's Multimatic, and the trucks will be available for sale in late 2022. Ford says the price of the Bronco DR is projected to start in the mid $200,000 range, although exact figures were unavailable. 
So great news. If you have a quarter of a million dollars or more that you don't know what to do with, right. be one of the 50 people in the world that could have one of these. I'm trying to, I'm going to see if I can find it really quickly because this is juxtaposed with Ford Motor Credit coming out and removing their financing, like essentially their minimum credit requirements. What was yes. it? The Ford Maverick. Yes. I wonder yes. if I could get financing for this $250,000 Bronco. <laughs> Um, it, it, it's, it's pretty amazing to me that, that, you know, somebody figures there's a need, but, you know, literally they'll be able to sell 50 of them. They could probably sell 500 of them. Um, but it just really, this, this is how we need to invest our money. This is, this is what people really need to be looking at is something that's, that's designed not for around your neighborhood, unless of course, you're a desert nomad, then it would be for your neighborhood. Um, but it's it's not designed, you know, for, hey, honey, I got to go to Target. Let me go take the, the quarter of a million dollar Bronco. It's, it's designed for extreme off-roading. And I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I, I, yeah, I guess it's great to have an imagination, I suppose. So Pop, tossing a couple links in the chat here. I see a ton of questions coming through. So if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, or if you've joined us here live, please go to the YAA community forum, join yaa.com slash community. Ask your questions there. We've got a whole team of people there to help answer them. So please, 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 it's free. There's no strings attached. Just go there and do that. I also tossed in, Pops, we're still on TikTok, and I'm about to hit 500 followers on TikTok incredible truly incredible i gotta get you on there dad maybe this weekend and of course we appreciate everyone who's with us here on twitch and on stitcher and on spotify and everywhere we really appreciate your support absolutely we do i don't know what all that meant but but uh, TikTok this buddy should we um should we let people know what's coming out towards the end of this month should we do a little a little tease a little let them know i, I think you should because it's pretty exciting stuff it's, it's really pretty cool so by the end of this month um, we'll have this live back on joinyaa.com. We've been working with our different partners. We're going to actually have all of the inventory out there that you would find on cars.com or cargurus or KBB or wherever. We're going to have it back on the joinyaa website. And what I think we're most proud of, what are you most proud of, Dad? While, while you share that, I'm actually going to pull it up on the screen. Well, what, what I'm most proud of is that, that there's going to be tips and pointers and educational videos available to explain what the important things are for the customer to know about these vehicles and how to negotiate it and how to look at warranties and things of that nature. So it's, it's just not going to be a listing. It's going to be a, a listing with why it's important to the customer, why this information is important. Yeah. And I'll just show the design file. The team's still finishing up all the programming, but you can see it on your end. Like you're looking at a Mini Cooper. And I think the things that I'm most excited about this is as you start scrolling down here, there's no form. There's no lead gen form for the dealership. Um, we're actually going to give you the the out the door price, the math here. It's not right. It's just a, it's just a design file, but like what the taxes are in your area and what the expected dock fee should be and, and what the total price is. And so, so when a customer sees a vehicle listed for $18,000, well, that's not the ultimate cost. Let me show you. We even have it again, just a design file. So bear with me here. But like when you're on the actual listing page, like you'll see the advertised price, but you'll be see the total price. And, and what's really exciting about this is like, it just sets better expectations for everyone. Everyone will know, um, 
you know, have a better idea of, of what they're getting into. And then pops back on the actual like design of the, um, of the listing, like you'll be able to see what that extended warranty would cost before you even go to the dealerships. You can negotiate with them. And obviously we need to get Miss Kimberly Klein's headshot in here and the videos like you were talking about and all the information that you need to know how negotiable something is, or even if it's just like a relatively good deal, it's, it's down here. Um, so anyway, super proud of our team for, for getting this together and, and we're getting really close. That'll be out um, by the end of this month. It, it's, it's really um, a step in the right direction to be able to provide uh, consumers with actual listings that, that should provide them with the actual information that they're going to need to know as far as what a total price is, what's, what should be important to them, um, and the fact that there is absolutely no lead generation and we're not selling anybody's information um, to a, a dealership or anyone else. It really is the differentiator between what we're doing and what others are doing. We've got a VTR end of year or right now to buy community forum VTR. Go ask it there. But we're saying buy right now. Nothing's going to be particularly better by the end of this year. You know, maybe there'll be some incentives, but they'll be certainly be limited as as compared to years past. Pops, as always, thanks for your time doing this three days. Can't wait to be there with you in Ventnor Heights, New Jersey. I can't wait to see you. Well, I think it's two days because you're going to be here Saturday, but don't tell anybody. Tomorrow's Friday, and then after Friday, Friday comes Saturday. And, and after, after, Friday, April, Saturday. After, after April comes May, and after May is June. And uh, yeah, there you have it. Yeah, buddy. Love you, Dad. Love you too, handsome. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.